It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. And apparently that's how we're going to start episodes off from now on. Just trying it out, you know, 30 episodes, time to shake things up. And even if it's not Friday night when you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast, it, it might as well be. It's an idea, not a, not a time. Alrighty, we'll get philosophical about it, why don't we? Continuing on, you guys. Last time, in the episode that was released along with this one, we found some episodes about school plays. So we are putting out the Twitter poll from episode 29 along with this one, since we're doing a double release. Today, December 16th. We'll have updates on both of their results next time. This time, we're looking at winter-themed episodes to get in the spirit of the season. These aren't holiday-specific episodes. Those will be coming pretty soon. But we're also going to be looking at our very first episode of Cat Dog, which is pretty crazy that we've made it this far. Yeah, we're, we've gone, you know, 29 episodes with no Cat Dog. It's not the most relevant Nicktoon in the world, but it's certainly one of the big ones. And um, it's actually one of the few that we deem significant that we haven't covered yet. The only two that we still haven't covered that we deem as, you know, like significant Nicktoons in the canon are... Uh, Invader Zim, and All Grown Up, so those should be coming eventually. Quickly, throw just a clarifier in there. If there's another episode we haven't talked about that you consider significant, we're not insulting that show. These are just the ones that we remember the most. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have a short list of some other, like, weirder stuff, like Mr. Meaty, and what are some of the other ones? Uh, uh, oh, uh, The Mighty Bee, the Amy Poehler one. So we might get into some of the, you know, post-mid-2000s stuff, but... The focus of this podcast is definitely late 90s, early 2000s. So with that, thanks as always for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Cat Dog. It's entitled Mush Dog Mush. It's from Season 1, Episode 8B. And in this one, Cat Dog attempts to win a sled race. And that's pretty much it. That's the whole the whole shebang. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, which is kind of a silly concept. The idea of them, like, well, we'll talk about the way that this works out, but the idea that, you know, half of them has to do the work, basically. Half of them I'm not doing anything. Right. Can we can we talk about the theme song as we usually do when we get to a new show? Absolutely. I'm looking up the lyrics here because it's just such a mouthful and they're so wonderful. One fine day with a wolf and a purr, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. Come on, that's just brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, the entire thing is pretty lyrically brilliant considering how little attention I paid yeah. to the lyrics as a kid. After that it goes, no blue bug and no three-eyed frog, just a feline, canine, little cat dog. <laughs> like, that is it. <laughs> That's the stuff. Honestly, no, I feel like that, that took some real thought. Yeah. They could have been saying 
anything at the pace they were saying. Yeah, and the the like sort of bluesy guitar. If you've ever played the, any of the Earthworm Jim video games, it has a very similar sort of folk bluesy feel in this whole show. I I didn't realize just how good the music is throughout the whole episode, not just the theme song. Yeah, it's actually it's a cool kind of musical style, really. That's not showed up. I feel like music like this isn't quite in any other Nicktoons off the top no, of my head anyway. not at all. Maybe Rocco's a little bit. It's got that sort of outback feel, but, you know... So this, it's a strange concept for a show. It's one that I took for granted, but when you really think about it, it's like, huh, someone had to think that up, and they might have gotten laughed out of a few rooms, but it, it happened. Yeah, half cat, half dog. It just really sounds like a miserable existence to me. Brings up a lot of biological questions, too. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but it... If you let that slide and you just let it go, it's it's not so bad. Did you just purposely drop a "let it go" reference in our winter themed episode? No, I didn't. Uh, that was that was later in this in this these <laughs> notes. Oh, though I did man. intentionally make a terrible "let it go" reference. Great. So. <laughs> also, there are two moments in this episode where they just start singing, and it was kind of perplexing. And it doesn't become a musical episode. It's just little. Little song moments. <laughs> and to be honest, I am very glad that it did not become a musical. Oh, because thank goodness. As much as I love musicals, I don't really want to see Cat Dog musicalize. It was it was not high quality singing either. You know, like sometimes no. they'll have kind of you know they'll have the characterization and the voice, but they also sing well. Though it was it was pretty bad. I'm gonna be honest. And, and Tom Kenny is of course dog, which you can hear immediately. Uh, once you're told. I didn't pick up on it right away, but it does make sense. It does. And, of course, of course, Tom Gunny's, he's a big deal, to say the least. Yeah. And he does a great job. Also, just personality-wise, I feel like Tog and SpongeBob being from the same kind of background yeah, they're, they're, makes sense. Obviously, that's not how characters work, but, like, they they make sense. I feel like Tog and SpongeBob would get along. Yeah, they're, they're cut of the same cloth, that's for sure. Um... Okay, so I uh, I did like this episode. The musicals, the musical numbers threw me for a second, but basically this is the essentially the episode when SpongeBob pushes Gary too hard to be in the snail race. Cat enters them in this sledding contest. It's like a race, which I've never really never heard of a sledding race before. It sounds very dangerous. <laughs> And Cat basically goes into full-on trainer mode and, you know, shaves Dog, but only up to the half of their body where it gets to Cat. And, uh... <laughs> it's it's, it's kind terrifying, of a bummer. Yeah. Honestly. It's, I, I would argue he is more terrifying than Spongebob and the Spongebob Gary snail race. Yeah. It gets even more self-obsessed and more ridiculous. And, you know... He kind of gets dog on this mantra of losers never win because the the big bully dogs I forgot all of their names but you yeah. know the ones. I feel like one's name is Chloe. You know the one with the gross like rat teeth. <laughs> it Maybe very it's well not. could be. They they're around and 
I remember what they look like, but they've never been the most relevant characters. No, yeah, they're, he calls them the greasers, which is kind of hilarious. He's like, did you hear what those greasers say, said? Oh, yeah, they're, they're called the greaser dogs. Um, one of them is voiced by Tom Kenny. Classic. Um, and their names are Cliff, Shriek, and, I kid you not, Lube. Wow. Wow. They have longer names, but, uh... Oh, and Lube's last name is Catfield McDog, hyphenated. What in the world? See, this is why I don't remember their names. Now I don't even feel bad about it at all. Yeah, they're the greaser dogs, apparently. The, the greaser dogs, that sounds familiar to me. I think they're mostly referred to in, as a collective, you know. But yeah, they, they call them losers, and they kind of imply they're going to be in a sled race, and they're going to win, and then... Cat just gets crazy. Crazy training dog. Yeah. And to be honest, unlike in the SpongeBob episode, it's pretty effective to a point. You know, dog does become pretty good at sleds. Yeah, there's just an unfortunate setback when he gets frozen, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, I want to talk about the other contestants in this sled race. There's one that I found particularly notable. It's amazing. It's a baby in a sled being pulled by a, an actual duck. No, it's, it's not even a baby in a sled. It's a baby in a bathtub. That's right. I don't know what the like, regulations on this sled race are, but apparently you don't need to be pulled by a dog. It doesn't need to be a sled. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's just a baby in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, and then the greasers are the other. I think there's only the three contestants that we really focus on. I think like, some off in the distance, but we don't really see them. Right, right. Doesn't really matter. There's, you know, there's more people in them, and we don't really care about them. Yeah. It's just a race. And there's something upsetting about dog being shaven and cat not being shaven. It's It's just, like, upsetting to look at. I also just didn't understand, like, I got that, like, the idea that, like, shaving off his fur makes him more aerodynamic or whatever, but wouldn't he be, like, freezing immediately, which obviously it happens, but wouldn't you think about that? They're, they're in a snow race, you know, it's right. cold. It's gotta, you, it's like the, a combination of a marathon and a sprint, you know, you've gotta think about, can I survive this? You'd rather with, go a little slower with fur, you know? Yeah, and maybe even, like, you trim the fur a bit, but taking it all off seems a little drastic, and... Yeah. Ends up kind of coming back to bite him in the end, but... Can we also talk about Cat's uh, little enclave? Uh, yeah. While they're sledding, Cat makes, like, this... Basically, it looks like a little blanket bundle behind Dog uh, while Dog is sledding, but inside, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's one of those... I feel like this happens fairly often in cartoons where they go in something small and it totally becomes, like, a giant everything you've ever wanted and needed... Kind of an area. There's a fireplace. There's bookshelves. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's again, I, I feel like this happens. Someone else has like a similar such hideout that you go inside and then it's huge. Doesn't matter. Um, but he's living the life and he's sitting here like by his fireplace. Just enjoying his time and dog has literally frozen into a block of ice. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure midair too. He's like jumping and... It's just a block of ice. Well, you said in yours, you were like, oh, he's frozen. And I was like, Cat should have 
let it go. Ugh, garbage. Get out, get out of here with that. I am and, garbage. And there is sort of a redemptive moment for Cat. So Dog is frozen. He switches places, lets Dog warm up by the fireplace that exists in his little home. And uh, Cat, you know, crawls through the the snow, and it's pretty pretty brutal. And then Dog melts, and Dog realizes what's going on, and they tuck and roll into a snowball. It's really cute, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and... Uh, it looks like they might win, and unfortunately, they sort of skid out Mario Kart style and end up face-planted in the snow, and it looks so cold. It's like when you have a ton of snow go up your sleeve when you're sledding and you just want to die. Ugh. The worst. And they, they honestly, they could make it, they're like right about there, but Cat decides to kind of ceremoniously be like, and now we will cross. The, and then he just gets ran over. And I don't even think it's the Greaser dogs who win. I don't think we even see it. Yeah, it's, I can't remember now, but it's clearly not the, not the focus at all. Honestly, all that matters is that it's not Cat Dog. They did not right. win the race right. after all of the madness that they went through. But then Dog has a quote that I love at the end. Where like, he's like, it's okay, Cat. If we start training now, we can shave you and break your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so self-aware i feel like you know yeah like it's almost as though he just kind of accepts that that's something that happened and uh. yeah and cat grows a little bit but mostly this is i don't want to call it a filler episode because it's not but it's it's just a charming you know bit episode it's not necessarily groundbreaking or important to like the nicktoon saga but but worth looking into especially as the cold picks up around here, and I think in most places in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's, they're still on the ground for me. Oof, not here. I don't know about you. Nope. Not significant, um, in Champaign, too, I kind of had, like, it would snow a little bit and then melt the next day, we've been kind of in that cycle, but, but we got, we, we got lots more snow in the rest of these episodes, so I think that's all we need to say about this one. Yeah, up next we have an episode of one of my favorites from Spongebob. Our second episode is from Spongebob. It's called Snowball Effect, and it's from Season 3, Episode 6A, and it's one of the greats. It's honestly just one of the ones that I always come back to remember. And in this one, Spongebob and Patrick have a snowball fight, and they try to get Squidward to join in as well, and they do in a weird roundabout way end up succeeding in that, which <laughs> causes all sorts of chaos. This episode was way shorter than I remembered in terms of plot points. There's really just two, <laughs> maybe yeah. three. Starting starting with the first one, there is snow in Bikini Bottom, and we, we see like these icebergs above ground, and apparently somehow that just makes snow happen underwater. <laughs> Suspend your beliefs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, We got we, the fish head introducing the concept. Yes, I... The fish head's my fave. Oh, he's the best. And he talks about it, and he says how there's not a pillow or a sheet, but a blanket. A blanket of snow. Which is great. Yep. And yeah. everyone's... Everyone's, you know, getting all pumped up about this snow in various ways. I think my favorite has to be Gary gets... Well, we, we see there's snow and SpongeBob puts the Santa hat on and Gary 
comes, like, puts his eyes inside, pops them back out. Both eyes have a little Santa hat on them. Yeah, it's cute. Really cute. And then we have, you know, the classic, mo like, montage where we're seeing all of the Bikini Bottom residents dealing with the snow. He goes, from, to bustling downtown. <laughs> it shows just a totally abandoned, you know, that street they always show for quote-unquote downtown. It's just a bunch of houses, but, like, on Free Balloon Day, they're there. Um, and then we go to Plankton, who is being, who is, like, laughing maniacally at the snowflakes and then he's they start piling up on him and he's crushed beneath their weight and he yells stop i wish to rule you yeah. it's, it's just a great great moment there's also this nice kind of i don't know cheerful not quite holiday-esque but kind of you know just definitely winter-esque music playing mm -hmm. in the background yeah we got some sleigh bells yeah it it just makes me feel great on the inside mm -hmm. it makes me feel like everything's right with the world it's you just guys. magical yeah just yeah, wait till we get to the holiday specials no angel it ends up just being a circle and then it was so we have this adorable introduction to the concept of the snowball fight where patrick just gets drilled out of nowhere by a snowball he gets really upset and he sees spongebob lingering there innocuously he goes, Spongebob, while you were there humming, <laughs> while you were standing there whistling, somebody threw a snowball at me. And Spongebob goes, did the snowball look like this? Drills him in the face again, and he says, yes! It's another one of those, those uh, Patrick being dumb, but in a entertaining and almost so dumb that it's brilliant kind of Yes, yeah, it's, it's not just silly, yeah. yeah. Like... And it just, it doesn't occur to him for a while, and he's, you know, the snowball fight is about to start up their understanding what's happening. And Patrick just can't make a snowball. You can make a, I don't think, I think it goes snow cube, you can make a snow pyramid, and he can make snow DNA molecules. But <laughs> cannot manage. It's like perfect helix, yeah. Similar concept to when he's blowing bubbles and <laughs> it's a giraffe. <laughs> 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 or SpongeBob's blowing bubbles there, but kind of a similar concept. And yeah, so, so for the, sure. They go to work, they build their forts, and of course it's accompanied by extremely loud construction noises because why wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that moment reminded me a bit of their, their box. Yep, know? yep. Where there's the robot pirate island noises coming out of it all clearly, <laughs> but you know, they're building boards out of snow and we just hear saws and of course Squidward doesn't feel too great about all the ruckus that's going down. Yeah, so Squidward's annoyed. That's basically plot point two, is the snowball fight starts and Squidward hates it. Um Spongebob and Patrick, pretty much, uh, Spongebob annihilates Patrick. He uses a funnel that goes into his pores, and then he squeezes out Snowball's rapid fire through that. Patrick just gets nailed. Just the, the Snowballs are, like, going into his mouth repeatedly, and it just looks so bitter cold and horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty unpleasant, honestly. It's, it's pretty violent, too, but he gets just pretty much taken down, and he, I think he, he bothers yeah, he Squidward can't, he about can't how, you know, oh god, like, help me, like, choking up the snowballs, whatever. 
Squidward's not pleased, and he goes out, and he starts talking about how snowball fights are for immature children. And then he says, have fun knocking each other's brains out. And he gets this idea in his head, like this image of them knocking their like each other's brains out. He gets really excited. SpongeBob goes, okay, it's out. <laughs> in, the, in the memory. <laughs> right. And he pulls up his chair, and he decides that he's really excited to see them just destroy each other. And to his dismay... They're sitting there shaking hands peacefully instead. I do. Can I backtrack for a split second, Ashley? Sure. The moment when Patrick goes into Squidward's house and his throat is still clogged up and cold from all the snow, so he's just sort of gesturing wildly and making ridiculous noises, and Squidward just goes, Oh, boy! <laughs> like, in reaction to Patrick's nonsense. And I just thought, that illustrates you and me doing this podcast so well. <laughs> just the... Obviously, me being Patrick and just sort of, you know, sputtering and just, oh wow. <laughs> and honestly, I think I think we kind of switch back and forth on who's which. We do. That's true. <laughs> I just it's one of my fa- it's honestly it's under it's uh it's kind of low key, but it's one of my favorite Squidward moments ever. <laughs> it's definitely something. But so, yeah, then they're doing this peace treaty when Squidward comes back outside, and they're like, okay, we decided, you know, we wrote up a peace treaty. Squidward goes, no, no, you've got to fight and knock each other's brains out. So he rips up the peace treaty, and we have my favorite quote of the episode. Um, Spongebob says, Squidward, that wasn't the peace treaty, that was a copy of the peace treaty. (laughs) Phenomenal. But the idea, too, they wrote up a peace treaty and have copies of it. It's just incredible, yeah. Within the uh, seconds, and he goes through. We have this sort of a I don't know this this little bit where he's having them all be like he's like, okay, I'm SpongeBob, you're Patrick. What would you do if I threw a snowball at you? And it goes on for a bit, and I don't remember what happens exactly, but Squidward ends up hitting one of them with a snowball, and they take that as means to start just. Yeah, you know, starting up a war. Mm-hmm. And Squidward gets really unhealthily out of hand. Yeah. Really quickly. It's one of those classic Squidward moments where it sort of snowballs, no pun intended, from this little thought, and then he just, it takes over his entire being. You know, he's, oh, but then my left flank, it's, it's weak, I have to build it up. Oh, and that leaves me exposed on the north wall. Until he's built this giant snow fort. SpongeBob and Patrick have already gone inside and started watching TV and drinking, like, hot cocoa. And, and Squidward's getting dripped on by a large tree that exists only for this joke. <laughs> That has never existed before between Squidward and Spongebob's house. And it's dripping snowballs on him from above, and he keeps thinking it's an, it's an attack. Yes, and he's made, like, this... I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a cup, almost. Like, a very tall, cylindrical fort. Yeah. But just out of hand. And to be honest, Spongebob and Patrick, they got out of there pretty quick, too. Like, before he started any of his fort rebuild, they were already gone. It's a a great, like, category of Spongebob episode, where Spongebob and Patrick start doing something stupid, Squidward gets into it, and then they bail. It's a great reversal. 
It happens with yeah. jellyfishing. It, it happens a couple times. Yeah, there's there's definitely a few moments, or, or in general, just the idea of like Squidward hating something and coming to love it, like Krabby Patties, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, you like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward? And he takes it way further than ever intended. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great episode. Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's got all the antics of a classic SpongeBob episode, always out in my mind yep, it's one of the greats it's a it's a top 10 in my book i'm sure we'll do a top 10 spongebob episodes list at some point in our run so this would be in mine i also have one more quote i want to say where when pat when they're sort of role playing and he goes okay pat squidward's like all right let's say i'm spongebob and you're patrick and he throws the snowball now what are you going to do and SpongeBob goes, ooh, 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 can I be mr krabs and squidward goes why he says he's a good leader <laughs> a rare moment into what we see Spongebob honestly thinks about. So, you know, um, just, it's not over the top, it's not overstated, it's just Spongebob thinks Mr. Krabs is a good leader, which is hilarious because he's so not. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting man, to say the least. We could probably honestly have an episode dissecting Mr. Krabs and all of his chaos too well, at some point. And the fact that he's Spongebob's hero is fascinating. <laughs> I think part of it is I mean, just that Spongebob's so idealistic, right? I, I think even right. Spongebob would say that you know, Squidward's a good friend and clearly that's debatable. Yeah, that's for sure. I think we've covered everything I want to cover in this episode. Do you have anything else? No, I think that does it for me. Nice. Next up, we have an episode from Rocket Power. It's been a while, so look forward to that. Our last episode is from Rocket Power, entitled Snowbounders. It's from Season 3, Episode 11B. And in this episode, a storm system causes it to snow in ocean shores, which results in two plots, the kids having their first ever snow day and having a grand old time, and Raymundo basically thinking that it's the end of the world. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's... The, the adults in general just start losing it. And, I mean, it makes sense, right? Obviously, this is an area that doesn't get snow ever, to any extent, and it's not a horrible amount of snow that they get, probably like, I don't know, an inch or two, but it's enough, it's enough to freak them out. Yeah, they lose their minds, and Tito's pretty chill about it, but as Raimundo says, they don't give scary names to nice storms. I forget the name of the storm, but they, uh... Um, it's, oh god, what is it? Is it Nada? El Nada. Yeah, El Nada. And, uh, yeah, they're all terrified of snow, but it's, like, barely any snow. I have I'm my first same dude, or my first, ah, I did it again, 30 episodes in, I'm still doing it. My first dude same in a while. The Otto has come up with so many of my dude sames. Uh, he says, I'm so ready to bust the fattest day ever. <laughs> I just love that line. And then can we talk about when Raimundo and Tito call each other at the same time and it makes them think the phone is out? Yes, it's beautiful. It's so, it's so early thousands, you know, yes. but that was a thing that would happen. Uh, yeah, so that makes Ray freak out even more because he can't get a hold of Tito. Yeah, and they both decide to, like, put out a bunch of snow here. They're like, I need to go out and save them. 
Okay. Make sure this is okay. But what I love most about this episode is it's an opportunity for Sam to be a hero. And of course, it, it focuses on his Midwestern roots, which I also love. I have a second dude, Sam, where he says, get ready for the Midwest Express while they're sledding, which was great. Uh, and of course, Sam has all these incredible sleds because he's from Iowa or wherever. I think it's Iowa. But why did he bring the sleds to L.A.? <laughs> yeah, you know, I... I... Don't know entirely. Maybe they're really valuable sleds, and in case he ever goes back. Yeah, yeah, and I guess there's nowhere else he could keep them. It's not like they have like a storage unit or something back in Iowa. Who knows? But uh, that was bothering me a little bit. But he, Sam, has these awesome sleds, and uh, well, really just one awesome sled that they all ride together, and it's adorable. He he moved from Kansas. That's right. I keep thinking it's Iowa. You're right. It is Kansas. I I just double checked it because it sounded off to me, but I couldn't quite come up with it, Kansas, right. from. Regardless, he's, you know, he's used to this snow, and even without his sled, he just knows kind of, you know, the the ins and outs of having fun in the snow, and he just takes the lead on this, and they all bundle in at it, they, they just have a good old time, honestly. It's so wonderful. I love this episode. And then they drop like 20 feet in the air and they somehow survive it. And Otto says, I never knew beefin' could be so rad. Or beefin' it could be so rad. Yeah, they've always got their kind of crazy, you know. Their lingo. Over-the-top lingo, but it's good times. I was, was going to throw out that we kind of go back and forth to like this news station. And yeah. the anchor goes... Elnada is a full-blown catastrophe and starts talking about how it's horrible. And we see kids in the background, like, making snowmen and having fun. And I feel like this is still kind of a, a true thing, right? The idea that parents and, like, adults are always like, snow, I hate this snow, while the kids are super pumped up about it. Totally. Um, well, uh, yeah, so Violet, the uh, the local adult friend... <laughs> Um, she kind of acts as a mom figure to them. I didn't realize she's, like, pretty much literally violet color. <laughs> um, she's skating in their pool, which is kind of fun. Um, and she's, she has a childlike spirit. It isn't, of course, very excited about the snow day. And, um, yeah, what else we got in this episode? They, so yeah, they, they also start up an ice hockey game, and, uh, I think it's... I don't remember who decides to put all the, the water... I think it was Swift's idea, but water all over the ground yeah. to make an ice hockey rink, and again, Sam's just killing it. They're not used to being on ice, and he can just, no problem. I think he says something about, like, in the Midwest, you're born with these skills. Are we, Ashley? Were, were we born with those skills? I actually can't ice skate for the life of me, so I'm apparently okay. I missed out on this one, guys. I did have one of those big inflatable sleds that was great for, like, knocking little kids over. That was fun. Would. I, I kind of like want to go sledding now, honestly. This is me too. All these episodes put me in the sledding mood. They also snowboard, right? Or am I making that up? I feel like they do. Yeah, they do in uh, the, because uh, they go to the skate park. Right, yeah, rule of threes. So they have co three cool winter things that Squid shows them from uh, sledding, snowboarding, to ice hockey. And, uh, yeah, Ray is still having a meltdown. He ends up stumbling into Tito on the street, and they finally unite, which is great. And, 
Yeah, it's, uh, so they, oh, and they have one more surprise where the snow starts melting and they're all bummed and Squid says, we have to go back to the house. Well, I'll show you how to have a snowball fight. And they were like, Squid, then the snow is all going to be melted by the time we got there. He's like, just wait. And he, the brilliant kid that he is, saved a cooler full of snowballs that they all use to just decimate each other. And it's so lovely. It really is. He's... He's such a great A character. He's mm-hmm. just so kind-hearted, well-intended. He's a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, this was a heartwarming, solid episode. One of the best episodes of Rocket Power we've watched. And, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, not as deep. And I would say now that these three episodes in these are really deep, life lesson kind yeah, of ones. Maybe yeah. Cat Dog a little, but I feel like they just have that sense of the, the wonder and the excitement of snow that it brings to you when you're a kid and just good yeah these definitely brightened my day you should check it out if you're in the the winter mood so next up we have our trivia i am winning nine to eight if i win today ashley it's looking pretty tough for you to win the 2016 season so we'll we'll see we'll see how badly you get my question wrong and how amazingly i get yours right and ties are gonna happen and Guys, I'm getting panicked. I don't know if you can tell. My smack talk's not as great as it normally is. And I've got one word for you, Ashley, and that is scoreboard. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, guys. As was mentioned before, Casey is currently in the lead. Nine to eight. We've only got... Um, is it this one, next one, next one, already three, including yep. this one? After this, two more. Yeah, so we decided at the end of the year, everything is the end. There's one 2016 champ. Let's see if I can make it me. <laughs> and what, the, the winner of trivia is going to buy the other a present, I think? Was that ever established? If not, it should. Uh, tweet at us what the winner should get. <laughs> Give us some ideas. All right. So. I, think, I think we could come up with some good stuff, but... Regardless, this is a moment of truth. Hit me with it, Casey. So, Ashley, I may have made a grave mistake with this, but there are only two selections for my question today. It's a yes or no question. Oh, no. Big risk. It's going to make me feel extra dumb if I get it wrong. Well, it's not easy, necessarily. So, one of the parts of L.A. that the fictional Ocean Shores is based off of is Santa Monica. It's where the pier is based off of and one of the beaches they go to. I'm talking specifically in the town of Santa Monica. Has it ever snowed? Well, you know, that's a fun question. Because it does in the episode, but is it based in fact, or is it... And remember that it can have snowed in L.A. without its having reached Santa Monica. Right. Wow, you know, like, this shouldn't be that tough, but, like, I could totally see it going either way on that one. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, like, a meteorologist, so... And I'll forward it by saying, you know, since we started recording these kind of things, early 1900s. Right. Well, Sure. Um, I'm going to go with the no, it hasn't. Final answer. I'm sorry, Ashley. It did in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, now 
the pressure. This pressure switches to me now. I'm like the Indians in the World Series when they had that lead that they they blew. So we'll see. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Mine. Oh, it's rough. Part of me was like, why would you make this question if it was no? And then I was like, but maybe, maybe it's like you know, it's fascinating, and then it never has. Right. Fourteen was the first time too. Uh, it might have before. That was just the first one I found. Okay, just curious. It hadn't snowed in L.A. since, like, 1949 before that, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I know, obviously, those areas... Uh, rough answers. Rough life, guys. I'm a moron. You're not a moron. It, well, it wasn't an easy question. You just had a 50-50 <laughs> shot. Kidding, kidding. All right. <laughs> Mine is related to Jim Cummings. He's the voice of Cat, the cat dog. Oh. And he has voiced all but which The Lion King character that A, Ed... B, Scar, C, Gopher, or D, Pumba. Gopher? Yeah, I'm going to give you a hint on this one. It's an obscure, smaller character. Okay, so it is a real character. Yes, there is indeed a Gopher named like, Gopher. Did you just... Lion King. I was like, did you just throw in Gopher from Winnie the Pooh into that, thinking I wouldn't notice? <laughs> so, although they're, they're all... all Really quick, uh, he also voiced uh, simultaneously Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and many later Wow. Uh, Winnie the Pooh things. And he also, in one specific movie, voiced Beaver, and I thought that was Gopher, and I almost made that the question. But then I had to realize that Beaver is literally just too irrelevant for me to mention. But... <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and Tigger simultaneously. Pretty cool. I can reread the options. We've got a little off track here. So, Scar, Pumbaa, Gopher, and Ed. Yeah. You know, I think all three of the hyenas were, like, celebrities. So, I'm gonna... Oh. It probably was Gopher, because that's too weird. So, I'm gonna say was Gopher. I can hear Scar. I feel like he was Scar. And so that leaves Ed and Pumbaa. I don't think he was Pumbaa. That's your final answer? That is my final answer. Correct! I hate my life, guys. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Woo! Actually, wasn't Scar in the first movie for the majority oh. things? The second half of Be Prepared. <laughs> the the second half? Like from the key change? Apparently. But he was scarred for the entirety of the second movie. So I figured that's vast enough that it would still count. Be prepared Gopher is an and, amazing and a song. Character, he plays him. I just need the third okay. that he played. And Ed, he is in fact the voice of, yes. Um, I think the other two are famous or famous. Because one's Whoopi, actors. right? Huh? Isn't one Whoopi? Yeah, one is. Um, the female one, I suppose. Yeah. I'm on the name oh yeah, Ed. and Ed and Ed just cackles. That's all he does. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. I didn't pick Ed. Okay, I almost did. Okay, well now it's ten to eight. You have well, to win the next two. I have to lose the next two. But we're not gonna like, we're not gonna adjust. Over. I think our questions have been perfect. I don't think we need to change a thing. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. I you know I'm just gonna say that maybe I'm just bad at multiple choice questions. <laughs> yeah, maybe Casey has more specific knowledge, but I have more love in my heart for Nicktoons than he ever could. Oh, do you? Do you, Ashley? 
maybe. I mean, it's hard for me to say that I have a lot of love in my heart. You know, I'm, I'm usually the cynical one, but right. for Nick's <laughs> specifically. Soft in your heart. Well, I can clinch next week. You realize that, right? That I, we could make episode okay, 32. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> or do we want to make it a win by two kind of affair? Let's make it a win by 12 minimum, I think. It's <laughs> Just to drag it out until you win like 13 in a row. <laughs> Our final episode, just trivia, the entire time. Oh my god, that would be too much. Or kind of fun. But not Writing gonna happen. would take a while. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, All right, that's enough of this. It's 10 to 8, RIP Ashley. But I'm not going to get cocky because, as you all know, the Indians blew a 3 to 1 lead in the World Series. So just wanted to I'm remind everyone of that. I will be the Cubs. I would pull away. All right, next up we have a conclusion with our fun fact Twitter poll and a preview of next week. Alright, our fun fact for this week is Rocket Power themed. Gary Leroy Gray, the voice of Squid in Rocket Power, also voices AJ from Fairly Odd Parents, which I thought was interesting. You can kind of hear it, but. I guess, but I never would have came up with that one on my own. No, I guess yeah. They're both kind of like the, the nerdy character, but right. I just, just never, never would have seen them as similar. Wild to me. Mm hmm. All right, our Twitter poll for this week is nice, fun, winter-themed. Which winter activity do you like the most? Wedding, snowball fights, or ice hockey? Yep, and remember, we have two Twitter polls out at FNN underscore podcast right now, so fill out both of them, and we'll be covering both of them in episode 31 next week. And speaking of next week, <laughs> segues are fun. Um, we've got some holiday episodes coming up, and I'm not sure what exactly they'll be, but I'm pretty sure it will include the Hey Arnold Christmas special. Might include the SpongeBob Christmas special, just because those are two of my favorite episodes of anything ever. But you'll find out what they are next week. I would say probably pretty high chances on the Hey Arnold Christmas special. If you haven't seen it before, I'm going to tell you, regardless of whether it's in our episode, you have to watch it. Uh-huh. Tears will happen that you never believed would happen from Hey Arnold. I know we we get on our We Love Hey Arnold rants a little bit more than perhaps some people appreciate, but this is this is something special. This is something different. You have to see it. You just do. Well, I think after you say that, we can't just, you know, wait around until next year to cover it. I think now is the time. <laughs> so it's probably fair. You will probably see that one. SpongeBob will have to debate a little. We'll yeah. see. Well, I think that sums up everything. As always, thanks you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.